Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When Aussies are thrown into jail around the world, our government does as much as they legally and diplomatically can to step in and help its citizens. But for one young Australian woman, it seems like this hasn't been the case. I am entirely alone in Iran. I have no friends or family here. And in addition to all the pain I have endured here, I feel like I am abandoned and forgotten. Today, we're going to dive into the case of Melbourne academic Kylie Moore Gilbert, an Aussie who, unlike others who found themselves in trouble with the law overseas, seems to have been abandoned by our government. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Following high school, I spent a period of a few years backpacking around the world. So I travelled to a lot of Middle Eastern countries and this was pre-Arab Spring. The Middle East was a little bit more stable than it is today. So I had the opportunity to visit a lot of states which perhaps might be a bit dangerous today, like Syria, for example. And yeah, I just really fell in love with the people, the culture, the food, the languages. It really piqued my interest. That's Melbourne University academic Kylie Moore Gilbert speaking to the Modern Middle East Current Affairs Programme in October 2017. Less than 12 months after this interview, she would find herself locked up in an Iranian prison where she still fights for her freedom today. In August of 2018, the dual British-Australian citizen left her home in Victoria to travel to Iran. The lecturer in Middle East politics was hoping to carry out some research on her specialty subject of Gulf politics, focusing on revolutions and activism in the region. She conducted some interviews while attending a conference at the University of Qom. One of the people she interviewed, a fellow academic, reported her as suspicious to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. And three weeks after she touched down, just as she was about to get on a plane and head home to Australia, she was arrested by the intelligence arm of the Revolutionary Guard and thrown into the notorious Evan Prison in Tehran. For nine months, she would live in a two-metre-by-three-metre cell alone. No bed, no window, the lights left on 24 hours a day. She spoke to no one outside of the guards until she faced court, where she was charged and convicted of espionage based on no real evidence and with no explanation as to what exactly she had done. She was told her sentence was 10 years. It was only then that the Australian public found out that the young woman was being detained. Since her conviction, she has remained in Evan Prison in solitary confinement, watched over by the brutal paramilitary organisation guards who answer only to Iran's supreme leader. She hasn't been allowed to speak to family or friends, although there are reports she may have been allowed a short call to her dad. 
She's been afforded very limited access by the Australian consulate, her basic rights stripped from her, appeals against her conviction fail due to her refusing to become a spy for the Iranian government. Someone who knows all too well what Kylie is going through right now is Iranian-American journalist Jason Rezaian. He too was locked up in the same prison in 2015 after also going through a closed-door trial that also found him guilty of espionage. Jason, can you talk us through what it was like to be arrested and sent to Evan? Well, in my experience, my wife and I were abducted from our home at gunpoint, handcuffed and blindfolded taken to Evin prison without being told where we were going, but it was obvious enough because we lived just a couple of kilometers away. And the process of trying to break you down and disorient you from reality begins immediately. There, there is a period of time, at least in our case, when we were told if we just confessed to all of our crimes, we'd be let go immediately but at which point we'd be working for the Islamic Republic Intelligence Services. And then after that, when you'd say, look, I'm not guilty of any crimes, I haven't done anything, I'm not a spy, I'm not any of these things that you say that I am, they proceed to change you into prison clothes and deposit you in a solitary confinement cell. In my case, I spent 49 days in solitary confinement As I understand it, Kylie is still either in solitary or in a cell with uh, a limited number of other people, but confined to that cell probably 23 hours a day, which is the situation that I was in. How did the legal proceedings go for you? Because we don't know that much about Kylie's court case. We're not even really sure exactly what she's been charged with other than it has something to do with espionage. Can you talk us through what the process was like as far as trying to defend yourself and and how that was processed through the Iranian system? I would caution listeners to think of the process as any real judicial process. It's a farcical procedure that people like Kylie and myself are put through when they're put on trial. Invariably, the trials are done behind closed door without the benefit of real legal counsel for the person who's put on trial. There's no witnesses. There's no evidence. It's all innuendo and hearsay. And generally, you can expect to be convicted very quickly. And there's a an element throughout the entire time, whether it's at the prison, during interrogations, or when you're in the courtroom, designed to really demean you as a human being. So you're very dehumanizing experience. You're accused of all sorts of things that don't match up with reality. And essentially, in every one of these cases that I know of, the person is being held as political leverage against their home government. For that reason, I think that as guilty as the Iranians are arresting and detaining for a very long period of time an innocent Australian woman, the Australian government is also responsible to do what it can to win her release. And as far as I can tell, they've done very little to do that. Because in my experience and the experience of many, many other people who've gone through something like this in Iran, when the home government gets involved as an advocate on the behalf of their citizen who's languishing in prison in Iran, the conditions of that person invariably improve within the confines of that very difficult situation. From all reports that I've been reading, and I'm sure you're reading the same ones, Kylie's circumstances have not improved. If she's still being held in Section 2A of Vien Prison, as was reported last week uh, in several outlets, it means that she is being held in the most high-security section of Iran's most high-security prison. This is a place where 
political prisoners are held for long stretches of time. And it's where almost always foreign nationals who are being held as hostage are kept. And the fact that the Australian government has been unable to improve her conditions in any measurable way, to me, seems like a real deficit in living up to its responsibilities for its citizens. Can you talk us through how you eventually got released from the jail? What led to you finally walking free? And and could we learn lessons from that into how we could potentially get Kylie out of there? I was part of a series of negotiations that were going on between the U.S. and Iran around the the nuclear agreement between Iran and world powers that came into fruition in 2016. On the sidelines of that, the fate of myself and several other Americans in exchange for the freedom of some Iranians who were being held in U.S. prisons on sanctions violations was able to come together. But to me, it doesn't seem like it's as complicated in Kylie's case. It should be a lot easier to get her out. If you look at the situation several months ago, there were two travel bloggers, Australian travel bloggers, who had been arrested supposedly for flying a drone in a sensitive area. I say supposedly because you know I never want to put any stock into these allegations without evidence. As a citizen of the United States of America, and I would hope my fellow democracy lovers in Australia would agree that people are innocent until they're proven guilty, right? And there was no proof in Kylie's case or in the case of these two travel bloggers, but they were ultimately released. They were released in what appeared to be a, a prisoner swap between the Australian and Iranian governments. And I think that it's a real shame that Kylie wasn't included in that. And I think that the reason that she wasn't included was because the government did not make it a priority to get her out. Could it be the work that Kylie does that's keeping her there? We know that she's an academic and that she is looking at a lot of different aspects of government and dissent and uprisings, starting from the Arab Spring, for example. Could it be that her work is what is keeping her there? I think that that would be a wonderful excuse for the Iranian government to use to keep her there. But the fact is, she was invited. She was cleared for entry. She was given a valid visa. She was there on an invitation to take part in lectures at an accredited university. All of the information, I'm sure, was available in Kylie's online CV before she ever stepped foot in the country. So I would be very, very reluctant to pin it on that. I mean, I think that this is a clear-cut case of a political hostage-taking. And I'm sure when she's released, I don't want to say if she will be released, but when that happens, it might take some time, we will hear a story that echoes mine and so many other previous cases of people who were held on the most spurious charges without any sort of evidence, without the benefit of legal counsel, without consular access from the embassy, and it'll be a real shame. And I think, as I said earlier, I just feel like the Australian public should be much more outraged about this than it seems to be. While the Australian government says they are doing everything they can to help Kylie, that's being questioned after French authorities were able to negotiate for their citizen, Fariba Delkahan, who was also being held in solitary in Evan, to be released into the prison's general population after both she and Kylie started a hunger strike at Christmas. Kylie was not given the same opportunity. When the COVID-19 virus started to circulate, some MPs back in Canberra called for more to be done for Kylie. My particular concern about her is is her health. Now, um, her health has not been good to begin with. We know that from the letters smuggled out of uh, Evan Prison. She's being held in Evan Prison where there has been reports of a coronavirus outbreak and Iran is one of the countries worst hit by this coronavirus. 
Everyone just announced over the last day that they're releasing 52,000 prisoners from their jails on furlough because of their concerns about how they're going to manage this. Uh, and I would encourage the government of Iran to consider releasing Kylie Moore Gilbert uh, in that context. That's Wentworth MP David Sharma. But Kylie was not one of the tens of thousands of prisoners released from their cells due to the coronavirus. Letters that have been smuggled out of the prison that were reportedly written by Kylie to her captors showed that she's struggling with her mental health and that she believes the Australian Embassy is not doing enough to support her. While this is not Kylie's voice, these are her words. Every time that a shopping request list is given to my cell, I never have enough money in my account because my embassy never transfers me enough money. This has been a consistent problem. Even as early as my first meeting with the Australian ambassador nine months ago, I have food allergies and I cannot eat most of the food coming out of the A2 ward kitchen. I really need to buy a lot of medication and all my personal items myself. This has been the third time in a row that I didn't have enough money and my kind cellmates bought me food and personal need items. I am entirely alone in Iran. I have no friends or family here. And in addition to all the pain I have endured here, I feel like I am abandoned and forgotten. That after so many times of asking my embassy, I still have no money at all to endure all of this. Mr Vaziri, you know that I am still denied any phone calls and visitation rights, and I have no way to reach my embassy. Please help me again. Please deliver a message to my lawyer or my embassy that I need approximately $2 million to man per month to survive here. Many thanks for your time and help. That letter was written a year after she had been arrested. In four months' time, she would have been in there for two years. Other letters show her refusal to work with the intelligence branch of the IRGC, saying, I am not a spy, I have never been a spy, and I have no interest to work for a spying organisation in any country. When I leave Iran, I want to be a free woman and live a free life, not under the shadows of extortion and threat. I ask you to relay my decision to your boss. I hope that you do not ever speak to me again regarding this matter. After News Corp published those letters, official word out of Tehran was that they would not give in to political smear campaigns. And while Kylie begs Prime Minister Scott Morrison to negotiate her release, even if it's just into the general population where she can interact with other human beings, she waits while the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs promises they're doing everything they can. That's all for The Quickie today. If you want to get involved in helping Kylie Moore Gilbert, there is a Change.org petition that's hoping to get enough signatures to get the attention of both Scott Morrison and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to do more to secure Kylie's release. You can find the link in our show notes. Today's episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri.